Hey, I'm Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. I've just published a new novel. It's called 100, and you are going to like it. There was a boy who lived alone in a hundred-story tower block in the dirty city. There was a girl who vomited cash. There was a man who had one of those dreams about having a dream. There was an electrical engineer who was in possession of a rare form of sleepwalking. It's weird, it's wild, it's wonderful, it's in paperback and ebook format on Amazon, but hey, you're audio people. So I've made you an audio book available for name your price that's name your price from frankburton.bandcamp.com that's frankburton.bandcamp.com and i know i'm biased because i wrote it but trust me this is going to Welcome to Ragbag's Bonus Bag. My name's Frank Burton. Yet another best of compilation here. Seriously, Frank, how many best ofs do you need? I don't know, lots. Lots more to come. The theme this week is catchphrases. As you know, I have tried a few of these out. None of them have really worked out the way I intended. Also, stick around for Tune of the Week, yeah? Dave in Hong Kong says, do cats really get stuck in trees? I've never actually seen this happen. They're remarkably good climbers. Olympic swimmers don't get stuck in the shallow end. Good point. No, seriously, good point. Dave, good point. Honestly, Dave, good point. Maybe I can make that into a catchphrase somehow. Good point. Dave, good point. Now... Not quite working, not quite working. Moving on. Janice Jones in Newquay. There's a difference between collecting stamps and stockpiling stamps. And what you are doing is stockpiling stamps. You know that's what you're doing too. What are you planning? What do you know that we don't know? Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. I might as well make it clear at this point, this is going to be one of the better episodes of this show. Exceptional music, as always. We're hitting our stride with the old listener interaction side of things as well, and I can't not tell you now, I'll be unveiling my new catchphrase. So my new catchphrase, you ready for it? I probably have to explain it first. This is a music show, right? And there are such things as musical instruments, right? And at some point, these instruments were, like, invented by people. I'll give you an example. I'm playing a guitar-based track at the moment. It's by Andrew Howes, in case you were wondering, right? The guitar was invented by Gaetano Vinaccia. Here's my new catchphrase. And just so we're clear, the great thing about this catchphrase is it's adaptable. So, this is just one little variation. So here we go. 
I wonder what Gaetano Bonaccio would have made of this. So there you go, that's my new catchphrase. I hope it catches on. Is that a violin I hear? I wonder what Andrea Amati would have made of this. Um, so Andrea Amati is credited as being the inventor of the violin. You see, the great thing about this new catchphrase is, well, it's... First of all, it puts me on more of an even footing with more established shows which have their own things going on, wherever they are. But secondly, it's educational, and I like that. You know, I'm not just a guy who plays music. I teach you things. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm fantastic. Sycamore Steve has been in touch to say... I heard what you said about... I heard what you said, he says. Like he's caught me out. I deliberately put it in a public place. I broadcast my words on the internet. Of course you heard what I said. He says, I heard what you said about having a thing, about custard and celery, having a thing. I don't know why you've written it in that particular tone of voice. Yeah, I, I do have a thing about custard and celery as it happens and I'll tell you what last weekend I tried them as a combination my verdict pretty good not sensational not as jarring as you might imagine try it or not so Sycamore Steve says I heard what you said about having a thing about custard and celery you might be interested to know that I too have a thing. I have a thing about corrugated metal. Yeah. Corrugated metal. That's a good one. Steve says, whenever I see some strapped onto the side of a building or something, I can't help stopping and staring, running my fingers along its bumpy edges. I see where you're coming from, Steve. I haven't got a thing about it myself, I wouldn't say. But I do like corrugated metal. Steve adds, Sometimes I sit at home, running my fingers along the radiators for hours on end. Steady on, Steve. I don't suppose you're doing any harm. I mean, make sure the heating's not turned up too high. 
anyone else have a thing about something get in touch you know what to do Uh, facebook page is ragbag podcast twitter is ragbag frank if you're not on social media seriously good for you sensible choice send us an email it's on the website frankburton.co.uk tell me about your thing I really am coming round to this idea corrugated metal Steve I'll be honest with you since I got your email I can't stop thinking about it I think you've touched a nerve there I'll be honest I think I think I've got a thing about corrugated metal too We should we should get together sometime, eh? Or not? Just to discuss our um, our love of corrugated metal. You got the contact details, Steve. You know, I do wonder what the unknown creator of the snare drum from circa AD 1300 would have made of this. Not to mention Paul Tutmark of Seattle, Washington, credited as inventor of the bass guitar in the 1930s. I do hope this catches on. Bim in the disunited kingdom has been in touch. Is that a real place? I'm interested. Let me know if they have a music scene. Bim says, Frank, perhaps you can use your podcast to help me get the word out. I'm hoping to popularise the phrase, it's like trying to find a bag of marshmallows in Cardiff. It's a variation on the traditional needle in a haystack, but refers to an object that's fairly easy to find. You know, because Cardiff's quite a big place and you can buy marshmallows in most supermarkets. Examples of use. I lost my keys the other day and found them in the living room five minutes later. Honestly, it was like trying to find a bag of marshmallows in Cardiff. I couldn't find the word sparkle in the dictionary. Turns out I was misspelling it a sporkle in my head. It was rather like trying to find a bag of marshmallows in Cardiff. I've got to be honest, Bim. I read your email with interest, but I struggled to find any real logic or meaningful purpose. It was like trying to find a box of licorice all sorts in Devon. Just an idea. Does that work better? Try it out. Box of licorice all sorts in Devon. Get in touch, listeners. Tell us which version of that phrase you'd prefer. Gareth Dex. There is such a thing as collecting used chewing gum pellets 
And there's also such a thing as stockpiling used chewing gum pellets. What you are doing is stockpiling used chewing gum pellets. What are you playing at? What do you know that we don't know? Adrian in Buenos Aires has been in touch to say, I was interested to hear what you said about having a thing about corrugated metal. I too have a thing. I have a thing about white shoelaces. Yeah, good one. I know what you mean. There's something about them, isn't there? Willow in Cheddar has been in touch too. She says, I liked your confessional piece about having a thing about celery and custard and corrugated metal. I too have a thing. I have a thing about maize. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Not mazes. Some of them are quite good. Maize. M-A-I-Z-E. Odd. Turner and County Down. There's collecting Pixar finger puppets. And there is stockpiling Pixar finger puppets. What you're doing, as you well know, is stockpiling Pixar finger puppets. What are you playing at? What do you know that we don't know? Shout out to Fabulous Friedrich in Walthamstow. Hey, Fabulous. Fabulous Friedrich says, Seeing as you've been discussing things people are into, I feel impelled to make the following confession. I too have a thing. I have a thing about lined paper. I can't get enough of it. I've collected much more than I'll ever use. I wouldn't call that a confession exactly, Friedrich, unless, I don't know, what have you been doing with the paper? Oh, right, I see, I see, I see, I see. I've just noticed there's a PS at the bottom of the email. How quaint. Remember PSs? Come on, all your older generationals. They used to be all the rage. I don't see them that much anymore. As for PPSs, what happened to them? These youngsters probably don't even know what that means. Anyway, Friedrich's PS says, This is simply my way of prompting you to use that delightful catchphrase of yours. The one about the stockpiling. Oh, I see. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a catchphrase, right? Let's make that clear. Sometimes I repeat myself, that's all. You want me to um, direct this so-called catchphrase at you? I'm, I'm not a performing seal, but sure, just this once. Fabulous Friedrich in Walthamstow. There's collecting lined paper and there's stockpiling lined paper. What you are doing is stockpiling lined paper. What are you playing at? What do you know 
that we don't know. How was that for you? Good? It is a sore point, to be honest. I did attempt to launch a legitimate catchphrase way back in episode 8, which didn't catch on. Thanks, audience. Thank you very much. You realise I haven't heard a single person even attempt to reference my actual catchphrase in day-to-day -day life since I launched it a number of weeks ago. And maybe it is true, maybe repetition is the key to this, I don't know. Let's have a try of it again. My heart's not in it, but I will try. Here's some house music. I wonder what the organisers of the original warehouse raves in the late 1970s, some of whom are still alive and may well be listening, would make of this. What could possibly go wrong? New catchphrase there guys, possibly. What do you think? I could say it in that voice every time, new sponsoring. You know, because something's going to go wrong with this one as well, isn't it? Just seems to be the pattern. So yeah, let's go with that. What could possibly go wrong? I've actually got another idea for a catchphrase as well, but I won't do that now. I'll wait for an appropriate moment. Watch out for that later in the show. Right, got a bit of a compliment here. Uh, Malcolm in Liverpool has been in touch to say, I enjoyed the MB edition, parts one and two. I admire your chutzpah. You know what, Malcolm? It's almost been a full 12 months. Actually, it has been a 12 months. It's been a year now since I've been doing this show, and this is the first time the word chutzpah has appeared. You weren't to know this, but it's one of my favourite words. Yeah, it's a really good word. You know what, Malcolm? I admire your chutzpah. I admire your chutzpah so much. Yeah, why not? You're getting a prize for that. I can't really offer you anything apart from a handshake, maybe. And you're not too far away from me. Let me know your address. I'll come round your house and shake you by the hand. Personal service. Actually, that does sound a bit creepy. Sorry to invade your personal space there, Malcolm. Just send me your postal address. I'll uh, do you a little handwritten thank you note. I'll get Benedict Cumberbatch to sign it next time he's over. Actually, I just realised I sound like even more of a stalker now I've said that. I'll come round your house. No, I won't come round your house. Give me your address. Let's just forget this whole thing, Malcolm. It's getting way too complicated. Hazel in Hawaii says, Actually, I incorrectly filed this under the wrong feature. Yes, it's a question for the guru. I'll, uh, I'll change hats, guys. I'll stick my guru hat on here. Here we go. Hazel in Hawaii says, Frank slash Lazarus. I need some urgent advice. The job market is so bad in my town, I can't even find employment as a cleaner or dishwasher. I'm not asking for the earth, just a living wage. Is that too much to ask? Hang on, here's my opportunity to use that new catchphrase I thought of. Get ready for this, it's a good one. Right. Living wage, you say? Not too much to ask. I've got news for you, Hazel in Hawaii. You've been watching too many movies. <laughs> 
Uh, how do you like that? That's my American accent. <laughs> uh, I thought it might appeal to our American listeners. Um, all of you cats are downloading this on a regular basis. Just for the benefit of listeners on this side of the Atlantic, in America, you can use the word cat to describe like, you know, a person. That's right, I've done my research. One final gripe before we wrap this up. Nick in Finsbury Park says, Oi, children's illustrators, why does every book of nursery rhymes I've ever encountered illustrate the song London Bridge is Falling Down with a picture of Tower Bridge? It's a completely different bridge. Neither is London Bridge immediately adjacent to the Houses of Parliament. Thank you very much. You're really angry about this, aren't you, Nick? I can see that. I can feel your pain. And yes, I can neutralise your gripe. Next time you hear the word whippersnapper, that's your gripe neutralised. I mean, just to add to your point, there's a clear inaccuracy within the song itself. Last time I went to London, I walked across London Bridge. And you know what I discovered? Contrary to what I learned as a child, London Bridge isn't falling down. It's fully intact. You can walk right across it without going in the water. Just a little explainer for our American listeners. Water is the British pronunciation of... Well, basically you have the same word for it. You spell it the same, but you pronounce it differently, don't you? I say water and you say water. But, you know, it's a bit weird that you don't write it W-A-D-E-R because it's a T in the middle of the word that you're not pronouncing. I'm not criticising. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to say stuff. It's all just communication at the end of the day. It's not going to catch on in this country. I mean, plenty of people over here have started saying cookie instead of biscuit and cupcake instead of bun. But really, if you think we're going to stop saying water, you've been watching too many movies. (laughs) Remember, that's my catchphrase now before anyone steals it. Put it on a t-shirt if you're a genuine ragbag fan. That and um, what was my other one? What could possibly go wrong? Remember... When you're saying it to your friends, you've got to do the voice right. What could possibly go wrong? It's going to catch on big time. I admire your hotspur. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Square <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this <laughs> I'm only joking. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I think that's brought a little tear to my eye. I think that's brought a little tear to my eye. What could possibly go wrong? I think that's brought a little tear to my eye. Get over it. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) I love you, and there's absolutely no place for humour on this show. Zanzibar, limp it. Listen out for it. Limp it. Zanzibar, you've been watching too many movies. (laughs) And there's absolutely no place for humour on this show. That's right, I've done my research. You're really angry about this, aren't you, Nick? Water. It's going to catch on big time. Water. It's going to catch on big time. Total world domination. Bit too soon, pal. That's all I'm saying. I admire your hot spa. I admire your hot spa.
I admire your chutzpah. I admire your chutzpah. Hafs ohoyam el. Okay, here's what's been bothering me. You might think it's a little bit silly, but I don't. I find what I'm about to tell you rather chilling. I've been looking on Wikipedia, right? I was thinking about high-fiving because, you know, we've got a lot of American listeners and I wanted to do something to include you guys across the pond a bit more because I'm, you know, concerned about your welfare. And for the benefit of our American listeners, welfare is an English word which, well, you say it as well, I suppose, same spelling and everything, but you call it welfare. So just to clarify, welfare and welfare are the same thing. They're exactly the same thing. But what I discovered about the history of the high five from Wikipedia, I'll just read what it says. The high five is a hand gesture that occurs when two people simultaneously raise one hand each about head high and push, slide or slap the flat of their palm against the flat palm of the other person. The gesture is often preceded verbally by a phrase like give me five, high five, up high or slap hands. Its meaning varies with the context of use but can include as a greeting, congratulations, or celebration. Now, so far, so good. I've got no problem with this so far, okay? Moving on. There are many origin stories of the High Five, but the two most documented candidates are Dusty Baker and Glenn Burke of the Los Angeles Dodgers professional baseball team on October the 2nd, 1977 and Wiley Brown and Derek Smith of the Louisville Cardinals men's college basketball team during the 1978 to 1979 season. You heard that right, yeah? You know those clickbait articles that contain the words blow your mind, like 10 facts about Dwayne The Rock Johnson that'll blow your mind, or this video of a dog chasing its own tail will blow your mind. None of them blow your mind, do they? And then, on those rare occasions when you do discover something genuinely mind-blowing, there's no warning, there's no heading at the top saying, this will blow your mind. This thing about the high five, it actually has blown my mind. It just seems like the sort of thing that's always been around. But that's just because it's always been there in my lifetime. Late 70s, that's it. Nothing before that. There were absolutely no high fives in 1975 for the entire year, from New Year's Day to the following New Year's Eve. Lots of things happened. Jaws came out that year, the film. Now I know why they never high-fived at any point. There was no such thing. What's bothering me is how many anachronistic high fives are out there just floating around in the cultural sphere like a heartwarming buddy movie set during a medieval jousting tournament made in 2003 
I bet there'd be loads of high-fiving in something like that. Happy days. They were still making that in 1984. I'd imagine in the last couple of seasons of that, Fonzie and the gang were high-fiving left, right and centre. You see what I'm saying? Anachronistic high-fives. Time for Tune of the Week now. This time, here's a tune I found when I was digging around some old files on my computer. It's been there for years. I don't specifically remember downloading it, but I'm very glad to have rediscovered it. It is very, very good. So here it is for you. It's Last Train by Jay Frank.
Thank you for listening. Another bonus bag is on its way to you next week. In the meantime, check out all the stuff that is on my website, frankburton.co.uk, including information about my two books, A History of Sarcasm and 100. Check out the Twitter page if you can be bothered to do that. I'm at RagbagFrank. And, of course, connect with the podcast on Facebook. The Facebook page is called Ragbag Podcast, if that's your thing. See you next week. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.